have a scary story you want to share, send it my way. As theravendreams.com slash submit or check the links in the description below. Thank you. I can't help but think back to my childhood and see how insanely strange it all really was. As an actual child, it somehow never seemed very odd, but now, looking back, now it definitely does. Most of these were in the town of Elk City, Idaho, and some of these events seem very connected. It all started out when I was about one and a half years old to two years old. I was smart for a young kid, my parents always said, and I learned to talk at a very young age. My mom remembers me at that age crying and telling her that I didn't want to sleep in that room ever again, because the Eskimo baby doll looked at me and nodded. She said that I then proceeded to do a nodding motion. She removed the doll from my room, but it still exists in storage in my other house. She finds it specifically strange because I was super honest, and toddlers that young don't typically lie whatsoever. I seemed genuinely shocked and terrified. The next strange experience were the dreams that I had around this time period as well. Strange, vivid dreams. People may say that I could have gotten these dreams from watching scary movies or things like that, but it wasn't like that at all. I wasn't even allowed to watch Scooby-Doo until age seven. At that age, I was carefully raised and overprotected with what I was allowed to watch. Mostly only Christian kids' cartoons and Baby Einstein. These nightmares that I got were very strange and ended up becoming a recurring theme throughout my childhood with the same dream character tormenting me. The dream started with my mom dropping me off at some sort of party. There's a ton of kids there, and on stage, it's revealed to be someone in a creepy pig costume, with an eerie lazy eye and a smile. It was picking up and kissing kids across the room. My mom kept asking me if I wanted to go up and kiss the costume, but... I refused to, and felt a sickening fear and sense of impending doom all throughout me. Eventually, she left, and I was forced to go up to the pig costume, but before I fully walked over, I stopped frozen and just stared. The longer I waited, the more it stared directly at me in a mocking way in the dark distance. It felt like pure evil. It just stared at me in a way that felt evil, but with the same lifeless, lazy eyes and smile. And these words entered my mind. This thing's name was Miss Molly. I then woke up. I had the same dream nonstop my entire childhood with the same pig costume. Another dream involving the costume was my parents forcing me to go to a huge opera theater where she would be on stage performing. The whole time, 
me being the only one knowing something was bad and wrong. And she always focused in dead on me. I even remember the smell in these dreams and what I smelt. It was the smell of an old steakhouse in town at night. When I was older, I would get instant flashbacks to the smell and feel these dreams. Now that I know what animatronic restaurants were like, Pizza Time Theater seemed a lot like that in the dreams. Though, I'd never even heard of such restaurants or been to one. I didn't even know what it was until I was in my teens. Around this same time as these dreams, my mom said I would always not go into my room and tried to stay out with her as much as possible, and when she asked why, I would say, Geefy is in my closet. I never explained to her what Geefy was, however. More incidents after, at around three to four years old, including me being terrorized by shadow hands, I remember staying at a hotel room during that time. I had just bought an electronic Spongebob toy that talked when pressed on the hand, and I was sleeping with it that night. I remember it randomly talked without me pressing it, saying a phrase that I hadn't heard before. This shocked me enough to throw it off the bed. Later that same night, I heard knocking on the hotel window. I looked out, and through the curtain blinds, I saw the shadow of a long, stretched-up arm reaching up into my hotel window and making the devil horns sign with its hand. I remember that I then hid under the covers the rest of the night and fell asleep. I would have not known what that symbol meant at that age. That same hotel, I also remember having a painting that I avoided an entire bathroom over and would have to go to the bathroom outside of the hotel instead because it scared me so much. I remember nothing of what the painting was, only the true horror it invoked in me and told me it wasn't safe to even look at it. As I got older, six to seven, the paranormal events started to back up a lot harder than ever. The shadow hands, they never went away, but now there were more. I started having more dreams of the pig costume that I dreamed of as a toddler, but in different scenarios. I dreamed one dream that the pig costume lured me into my grandmother's barn, where they were cooking and boiling people alive, and torturing them in various ways. But this time, there were so many different costumes... I also dreamed that I entered my grandmother's butcher house in the pure dark at night and saw the same Miss Molly pig costume on all fours, creepily sliding and crawling up to me in the dark, silently but fast, its heavy, lazy eye gleaming in the dark. For some reason, I always knew that the costume was hollow inside. There was always a sense that there was no human inside the suit, like it was possessed. Another creepy costume-related dream I had involved me walking into my classroom, where everyone was being very annoying. Kids being gross, teasing me with snot and things. I left the classroom in the dream to find that time had completely warped, 
and somehow between walking in and out of the classroom one second later, time had changed to after school hours. I was locked inside the school. Everything was dark. It had been completely abandoned. I remembered roaming the halls until I came across a tall, hollow duck costume in the distance. It had super long legs, and its long neck was bent backwards staring directly at me from between its legs with its huge black eyes. It said in a creepy voice, I'm home, and then proceeded to come after me. I remember just curling into a ball on the floor accepting death in the dream and closing my eyes before waking up from it. I had too many creepy costume dreams to count, but those were some of the most memorable. Besides dreams, creepy encounters when I was alive happened constantly. I remember I had a whirly gig windmill toy that would spin and spin on its own at a certain time at night, and a creepy tall giraffe toy that I would see blink at me. I also remember the strangest memory of my childhood, in which I woke up in the middle of the night to an entire scene being played on my curtains. It was like my curtains had been turned into a movie theater screen, playing some kind of vision. In this vision, it showed a super destructive storm crashing everywhere. A huge sense of turmoil and panic, and a huge sailboat in the distance. On this sailboat, it was a puppet crying and screaming for help. He was looking at something in the distance on the huge ship deck that he was lying on, coming closer and closer to him as crates crashed everywhere. I didn't want to see what happened next. Everything in me told me not to see what happened next. I tried to look away, but... But... Everything that was dark in my room from the night, the scenes would begin playing on. Even when I closed my eyes, I wasn't safe of seeing the whole scene play out before my eyes. I've never heard of any other experience like this. I then ran to the living room eventually. On my way, the walls were still playing the scene every time I glanced. I looked at the clock and specifically remember it being 7 a.m., and feeling safe or knowing that I wouldn't have to sleep for long. It then stopped. I never experienced anything that wild again. That is, until years later when my grandmother went missing in our technology-deprived hillbilly town in Idaho, and we were woken up in the middle of the night to help go search for her. The night will always be one of the strangest that I've ever had, or maybe the strangest, it's when I think I encountered some kind of demon. Everyone was searching for her, scared, and I had to stay back at the camp with some relatives. I remember I saw this, I'll just call it a hallucination, that seemed to look like the character Lakitu in Mario. He asked me if I wanted to make a contract with him to work for him. I accepted. I remember how real he talked to me, how he felt. It felt much more real than any imaginary friend or something of the likes. I acted as I worked for him and did silly tasks for him, but with time, they got stranger and stranger. This hallucination 
stayed with me far after the search party found my grandmother and we returned home. For a full year, he stayed. The more he stayed, though, the more he started showing his darker side, revealing himself to be more and more manipulative, and basically a huge jerk. The time when I realized I wanted him out of my life and he became worse and worse to me, I'll always remember because my mom said how I scared her. During this time period when we stayed looking after a friend's house while he was away, and how I didn't behave as usual. She even asked others for help because I was out of character, violent and horrible. During this same time period, I remember the Lakidu turning on me the most and showing himself more and more visibly all around me, not leaving me alone, laughing at me, mocking me. I remember the more he stayed, the more his friends appeared. They looked like demons. I remember there being a red one who felt female and had a strange sexual vibe to it that did overly disgusting acts that I won't get into, and other things. I remember once I was fed up with this Lakitu hallucination and the others with it, and I told him to leave me alone and never come back. I'll never forget seeing a stairway up to the sky up here and them running up it cackling and laughing, screaming, mocking me as they ascended. I never saw anything like that again. A similar encounter, however, happened when the pig costume nightmares came to an unexpected stop, when I had a vivid dream in which a protective-type creature entered the dream and told me that I will never have to see Miss Molly again. But, in order to never have to see her again... He would have to sacrifice his life for me, and I would never see this good entity again either. I accepted this, and I dreamed a long battle which ended in him giving me a giant hammer and crushing a shrunken down version of the costume, killing it permanently. I remember how disturbing it felt, feeling all its bones and organs crush and underneath the hammer. The protector spirit then died. I never dreamed of the pig costume that haunted my dreams for years and years as a kid ever since. Not even once. Even up until now. It actually worked somehow. It's strange. Weird nightmares still persisted, though. And more paranormal incidents, too. Too many to list, but some including me finding a Mario toy from a thrift shop that had a creepy, depressing, heartbreaking vibe to it that I can't explain. Even my dad said that it felt creepy. I later on dreamed that this toy belonged to a kid that had died in a mysterious way, involving a manhole by the sewer, and in the dream they found the toy in a grocery store and began crying. The toy had his initials on it. I also remember encountering something very creepy while playing alone with the toy. In rural Idaho, it was easy to get lost, and I remembered playing in the forest alone with it far away from the house. The silence felt very eerie and depressing. I remember finding some kind of gross, flesh-looking substance on the ground. It was filled with holes, which the dog I was with began trying to eat. 
My blood ran cold and I felt to run and not look back, and I did. Later on, the dog's owner said that she had also come back with a human finger bone that was from the same woods, if that could be related. It felt more creepy knowing that I had brought that strange Mario toy with me during. The final creepy event that I will note here is my skinwalker-type incident. I remember walking outside one night to let the dog out and saw a giant, shaggy creature being running around the other side of the house where I was about to go. It looked like a dog, but more in lengths for a human. Too big to be a dog and no sound, strangely. I remember its carpety-like hair from what I saw. I got back inside immediately. Later on, I had a vivid nightmare that I heard the sound of a baby crying outside the walls of my cabin, so I dropped to the floor and began crawling out of my room and to the bathroom for safety. But the baby's crying sound continued, and he was screaming and crying, and he followed me to the bathroom from the outside. Everywhere I crawled in the dream, it followed me all the way to the door, it wasn't a baby crying and following me outside the house. I knew in my heart it was something mimicking a baby, trying to lure me to go out there and open the door. I'll never forget how horrifying it felt. It doesn't help as well the many other creepy encounters I've heard from the other people who lived in that same town of Elk City, Idaho. From UFO encounters, creepy life hauntings noises, demonic activity, etc. I also heard creepy whistling noises that always sounded like they were trying to lure me into the woods. I saw a lot of things since I was allowed to play anywhere, even the forests away from my house, but these were just my personal childhood experiences. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on this, and I may share more encounters or dreams in the future. Additional information... I found out later on that my parents have also experienced a lot of supernatural things, more than most in their life. My dad has been known to see a second set of eyes on people, before finding out that they've done something horrible not too long afterwards. My mom had an out-of-body experience during pregnancy, in which she could move around out of her body and see the others in the hospital, and at what they were saying before returning, as well as other out-of-body experiences. I'm not sure if these kinds of things are genetic, in a way. Also, the guy my dad saw the eyes on was someone who was friends with our family and at our house a lot. Me and him didn't interact much, as I was very young, but he was visiting a lot. A little bit after that, my mom had a vivid nightmare in which the same guy stood over my bed and opened his mouth as it unhinged inhumanly, letting all this dark energy and evil into me. After this, our family stopped seeing the guy. It was strange because he was very nice and never did anything bad to anyone or to me, but they just had a sense about him. He also had paranormal encounters in the past, but he also claimed that he'd had an alien abduction. It's strange how everything seems to be connected in a really strange way.
When I was about 16, in 2010, my family moved from Fairbanks, Alaska to Williamsburg, Virginia, and we wound up in this strange neighborhood. I won't disclose this particular neighborhood or the coordinates of the exact place in question, though I can find them very easily in Google Maps and it's probably still there. This neighborhood gave me some really cursed vibes, like Children of the Corn stuff, and this house we were staying in seemed doubly eerie. We had just moved in, and I was always the adventurer and the goth kid. I liked to explore the woods surrounding the neighborhood. Back then, I was raised with having to entertain myself outside, and this translated even to my current adulthood years. I really enjoy getting intentionally lost, and I've seen some deep stuff in the woods, and that gives me nightmares. However, this didn't give me nightmares, but the incident felt so strange and uncomfortable. I go into the woods, and about only 20 minutes in, there's a swamp in there. Steam, or smoke, is rising out of it, and dead animal bones all around it. Instantly, I thought the swamp had to be toxic, except there were two swans on the water, dunking their heads in the water as swans do. I scoped it out and decided to go back another day. Second time I went, I decided a deer skull would look really cool in my room. I actually didn't learn my lesson from this, I still collect bones, only in different circumstances. So, I put one from the edge of the swamp in my bag, and I headed home. Something about that swamp just makes you feel like you're being drained. It feels like nihilistic depression, but as a place. And it was after these events that I also entered a very dark time in my life. As I headed out of the woods for home... Everyone in the neighborhood on the way to my house was out on their front porch or lawn, just staring, like ventriloquist dummies. They all followed me with their gaze as I walked home. The strangest thing, I felt like I shouldn't have taken the skull. As a polytheist and occultist later in life, I learned to trust this feeling afterwards, but I put the skull on the dresser in my room. It's important to state that, this very same day, I heard the song Hamburger Lady by Throbbing Gristle, so it may have influenced things a bit. Also, I had somehow gotten poison ivy on me because my face broke out in hives, but poison ivy and me were not too uncommonly acquainted. I just felt like it was a bad idea to have taken the skull but I figured it was just my own fascination with the uncomfortable feeling of confronting mortality that made me fear it. The same fascination, however, caused me to cling to it. And so, on my dresser, it stayed. And sometimes, I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling something was caressing my face. And sometimes, I would hear a voice wake me up from a dead sleep and then after a week, I could no longer sleep. That's when the neighbors started showing up, 
wanting to welcome my family to the neighborhood. They brought cookies and came one family at a time, once a day for a week. They seemed very conservative and polite, but so was my family and so was I. And every family that visited asked me the same thing, since my parents made it a point to tell them that my now scarred up and oozing face was not acne, but poison ivy. They asked me, Oh, did you go to the swamp? And I would reply, Yeah, the one at the end of the street. And they would all say, Oh, did you see the swans? At first, I thought it was cool that someone else knew about what I thought was my secret discovery in the woods, but then I started to realize, after the third time, they were saying it with increasing fervor and implication in their voice, something that my parents noticed, even. They asked me if I really did see any swans in the woods, and I told them I had. They thought it was weird and shrugged. Of course, they always asked about the skull, but my family is interesting that way. They believe in old-school Lutheran Christianity, but they aren't in any way superstitious. They didn't care if I brought home bones as long as I wasn't killing the animals unnecessarily. But I was heavily unnerved at this point, and slightly hallucinating due to the insomnia that I was experiencing. The feeling of something standing by me, or over me, became very real and very scary in my room, even while awake and even during the day. I did something a 16-year-old Christian kid wouldn't usually do. I had a seance. In part because I was very lonely and hoped for a friend from beyond the veil, and in part because I wanted to try to smooth things over with whatever it was. A few Google searches later, and in the dark of my room, with only a candle lit, I started to close my eyes and address the entity directly. The room got really cold, and as I spoke to it, the television in my room turned on to static. My radio turned on to static, and the skull fell off of my dresser. I freaked out, and the next morning... I don't remember much between then and the next morning. I stuffed the skull back into the bag and went out to the swamp. The swans were there on the swamp still. I instantly placed the skull at the edge of the swamp and apologized to whatever entity was pissed that I took it. And, like a man hypnotized, some strange insanity called me towards the center of the swamp. To a small peninsula in the middle of it where a tree grew. I tried to walk back from the tree. The grass gave way to mud, and I began to sink. Though a giant six-foot teen boy that I was, I pulled myself out of the mud after quite a bit of struggle, though it had extended halfway up my waist, and then I walked home. The neighbors stared at me like they did when I took the skull as I walked home, muddied from the belly button down. I went into the house and my parents asked what happened. I told them I had stepped into deep mud in the swamp and sunk. The creepy stuff slowed, but the next week, the landlord exploded with anger at my family because he did not want to make repairs to the house and then told us to leave. He didn't evict us, of course, 
because he couldn't legally do so, but he said he would not be making any of the repairs and that he preferred that we leave. So, he let my family out of the lease and we moved from there. I was friends with a girl in the neighborhood who was incidentally the first person to ask about the swans. We kept in touch until the day I moved out, and then she shut down her Facebook and I never heard from her again. Last February, I planned to go back. I wanted to see if there were swans there still, and bones, but with more fleshed-out knowledge of the occult and my own belief in the goddess of Brigid. I have wondered for a long time if the dead animals were offerings to the swamp, as ancient Celts used to do. A pagan friend of mine in Pennsylvania liked to sink the bones of deer he caught in the swamp behind his house as well. My own belief is that there may be something akin to a god or a spirit there, and I'd like to make amends with whatever it was. However, I never got the chance. The day before I headed to the swamp, Virginia enforced a mandatory quarantine and so I headed back home and merely managed to make it after six flight changes. A few days later, they managed to cancel all the flights. So, I'm not so sure if I want to go back. P.S. If the mods want confirmation about exactly where I'm talking about, proof I lived there, etc., feel free to message me. If anyone is a resident of Williamsburg, I will tell you where it is, but... You have to agree to my terms when investigating first. I don't want anyone harmed on my account, nor do I want to risk angering the entity, if there is one, a second time. Nor do I want to bring bad press to the people that live there. I don't know anything for sure about their involvement. This next story is actually two stories, but I'm going to go ahead and read them as if they were one because they're from the same person and kind of the same thing. So, here we go. So what I'm about to tell you is based off of my own experience and understanding of what I have been made to understand by these beings. My intentions are not meant to sway any beliefs you may have, as our spiritual growth is a journey of self. During my first encounter, I was meditating in order to connect with the energies around me, both in the earth and all around me. I was able to see the whole of my being form blue-white roots of energy and spread throughout the ground beneath me and connect to all living things around me. I could see their life energies surrounding them being connected by webs of light between all things. I could feel my consciousness bleed out into the roots and webs, and I was able to connect to them and become one with them. I could feel their life within me and my life within them. I became one with all living things around me, and I wanted to connect with more than that of the earth. So I stretched my consciousness out into the sky and let myself bleed out into the cosmos. Within seconds... I saw a white hole of energy open up in front of me. It was a circle of white light, surrounded by a golden aura, and inside this I witnessed three beings standing in front of 
some sort of large flowing metallic object. Whatever they were, everything was white. I could not see a floor, walls, or a ceiling. It was just absolute white. I immediately had the sense of wanting to go inside this portal, for lack of a better word, but I didn't know how. In that moment, it seemed like they had heard me, because next, I could feel their arms and hands around me, and I could feel them separating my spiritual self from my physical self. When I was there with them, I had lost all sense of time. It felt as though there there was a weird disorienting sense of being somewhere where you can't tell if it's day or night, and you don't know what time it is. These beings helped me to orient myself, and they made me feel more comfortable. They told me that they were the keepers. They were tall, wore elegant robes of gold and white with strange shoulder apparatuses. They had large bulbous heads with pointed chins. They had large dark eyes, long arms, and long necks. They told me that I was in their dimension, which was higher in existence than ours, and are able to insert themselves into our realm through the object that I saw. It was large, silvery, metallic, and it looked like it was flowing. It had a strange colored light orb flowing from within it, and it could react to those beings' movements like it was their own. I asked many questions, but these answers were the most important to me, and so I feel like I should share them with you. What humans call God is the absolute consciousness of all sentient beings, living through the past, present, and future. What we call life is accidental and therefore sacred. These beings know that, and they've been watching us since our beginning. They have introduced ideas to our ancestors in the hopes that they would use the knowledge to further our species evolution and to take the next step towards our true potential. There is no divine creator. There is only the chaos of the universe itself on an endless cycle of birth and rebirth. The universe does not have a beginning or an end and will always die and be reborn. It always has and always will. Death is a human construct used to help understand our cycle of being within this universe. When our bodies physically die, our consciousness then leaves our physical form and rejoins the source of all beings. And our pure form of consciousness can then choose another form to incarnate through space and time. Based on the vibrational state of our physical being, our spiritual resonance at the time of our death, meaning if we were good or not, it determines whether we ascend or descend into our next cycle of life. And that's where the notion of heaven and hell throughout many of the world's religions comes from, and have been completely misunderstood. They are simply higher and lower dimensions of existence. This is a never-ending cycle of being, for the sole purpose of gaining knowledge and understanding of self in order to achieve the highest level of consciousness. If anyone has had a similar experience, please let me know. I would love to discuss these things further. Despite hateful comments from the hardcore skeptics, here I am, still posting my own experiences as I experience them. I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. 
or change anyone's belief. I am simply telling my experience, so take it with a grain of salt, like the kids say. This experience took place during the night and within my subconscious. Call it a dream, a vision, or whatever. This felt different. It started as I was sitting in my living room with my wife, and I don't remember how they appeared, but when they were here, they looked almost like a hologram. A light blue, semi-solid hologram. I slowly became extremely happy when they were here, almost like I was seeing an old friend for the first time in years, and they even matched my happiness. The tallest being looked down at me and began to smile at me, and I could definitely notice a visible relief of tension in their posture, almost as if they were worried how I would respond to their showing up and now finally became relaxed and relieved. They were one of the same tall, long-necked, gray-skinned, wide-headed beings that I had met during one of my previous experiences. There was even a second, smaller being, barely taller than our coffee table. Not even four foot tall. They looked like your typical gray, except I didn't get a good look at them. They looked like they had a large forehead with prominent eyes, but... I was more focused on the taller being that I had met before. It definitely feels like one of the three beings I met last time. The main being was tall, almost to our ceiling, and we have an eight-foot-tall ceiling. It had a long neck, skinny body, long arms, round eyes, and an oval outer shape. Their eyes did not look like ours. They had golden-brown speckle coloration in them, they weren't the dark color that I saw last time. They had pupils. The whites of their eyes, like we have, forget the name, and even saw their clothing. Their clothes looked like a tight-fitting, yet baggy, jumpsuit, robe-type thing. I get the feeling that they looked brown, almost beige or tan-colored. Their skin was smooth, with a rough-looking texture to it, their head was a little more of a rounded mantis shape, with an angular chin. They had a human-like mouth, and they had teeth and a tongue. I saw them both when they smiled down at me. It was a very peaceful encounter, and I'm absolutely thankful it happened. If anyone has had anything similar happen to them, I'd love to share our experiences. Love and light, my friends. that was a collection of three or four depending on how you look at it incredibly interesting true scary stories uh, i don't want to give the last one the incorrect moniker and say it was scary because the person did not seem scared in any way shape or form but some people who hear it may think it's a scary situation uh to find a being that you're not used to don't know and don't understand um much love to all the original posters of these stories that let me read them for my channel. I absolutely appreciate it more than you guys will ever know. And I appreciate every single one of you listeners that got to this point, or ones that turned on the video, downvoted it, and then turned it off. Uh, thank you to you as well. All that said, my friends, if you did enjoy this, please do hit that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed, and hit the bell icon next to it. You can also support me by following me on all my social media platforms, visiting the website asthereavendreams.com, or doing things like supporting over patreon coffee or membership 
All patrons and members get early access to content, and most of them also get a bonus video every two weeks. At this point, there's only been one, but potentially I'll be doing it every two weeks, so look forward to that. And as things grow, maybe I'll add more stuff. Not really sure yet, but anyways. All that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope I'll see you in the next video. But until then, my lovelies, you are amazing, you are valid, you are loved. Never let anyone tell you otherwise. And of course, sleep well. Thank you.